0: Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's conversation is with John Hastings, a Canadian comedian who's here, for, here in Melbourne for the Best of the Edinburgh Fest Showcase. And I spoke with him. I have so many podcasts in the bank. I've been running around like a chicken with his head cut off because I've been doing two or three shows a night. And it's surprising how little else you can get done when you're doing that. I've also been writing a bunch of stuff SBS, and a politician asked me to write a speech for her, and I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. That said, follow me on Twitter at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E, listen to this podcast, and I will try to pump them out at the rate of slightly more than one a week to make up for the gap. Uh, Email me on alicerfraser at gmail.com, and if you're in Melbourne, come see my show, Savage. It's at 8.30 at the Mercure, every night except Mondays. You're having tea with
1: Alice.
0: Yeah. yeah, tell me about
1: it. What an uplifting way to start a podcast.
0: Well, we don't uh, have to start with that if we don't want to. It's true. Start with whatever you like, really. Um, I'm just going to say some things about oh, yourself. Oh, right. Introduce yourself. Uh, right now? Yep, go for it.
1: My name is John. I'm a human man from a human country called Canada. And currently I'm in some sort of sex criminal nook with uh, Ms. Frazier. And um, we're going to talk about fucking shit on a podcast. Will we talk about comedy? This being a podcast, we probably should. We, we don't have to talk, about, talk about comedy. Whatever, we can talk about whatever
0: you like, really. We might talk
1: about infidelity. I'll be talking about Talk about infidelity. We got going. Have you ever cheated on someone?
0: No, I've not. But I'm also... uh, Yeah, it took me a while to get into any kind of relationship. I was very weird as a teenager and had to look after mum. had a lot of responsibilities. So it wasn't until I left home and went to grad school... That I so it was hit. even on the table to oh, get into a relationship. So, so you just
1: dated Cambridge dudes who you assume like wore a lot of togs and talked about rowing. Keep in mind England, there's sometimes a friend of mine says, <laughs> if you live in England but you're not from England, there's an England that lives in your head, which is like a man in a cravat drinking. Smoking a monocle. Smoking a monocle, exactly. Having brandy for breakfast and saying things <laughs> like, oh, black chaps. Like, yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, no, I don't know. So, for me, I think I find things that most people are very jaded by, I find incredibly exciting still.
1: Interesting, like what?
0: Like everything.
1: Yeah. I also think, but I also think that being in the comedy show business, the festival world, there's also a lot of, oh, cameo appearance. Hey. Met, lady with a bag, that was a guy. Oh, okay. good. Just in the bag, uh, but also being in like this environment, there's also a lot of jaded people around who are like, "Oh, what are you doing, dating a man? No, he's just gonna break up with you and break your heart like Caroline broke my heart, which is why I have a son that I love <laughs> but a marriage that's in tatters." And just there's a lot of jaded people around, yeah. Just kind of bugs me because we're in the middle of Australian summer. So one eight, oysters play a beach it was amazing. I something
0: you bummed about. I, yeah, I, I, I think that's the thing. Like, I, I still am just really pleased if somebody likes me. Mm. I remember talking to a, a guy, it was younger generation, and they're a little bit fucked in the head, I think. But he was talking about how high school, and I said, oh, how were you in high school? Did you date a lot of people? And he was like, oh, yeah, no, like, I, I, I thought I had girlfriends, but I was just having sex with them, and then I realised that they were just using me for sex. And I was like, oh, my God, in high school?
1: In what part of the world, though? Australia. Oh, weird. Cause I always find England is like the most go ahead, like in Canada, wherever. Like again, I don't really, I don't really commune with the teenagers, so I don't really know what's going on there. But I just like going to England, like going on dates with girls there, or like talking to friends. Like the shit that those people got up to at like fifteen is just like that is abhorrent, and your parents should have had a talk. Your parents should have a talking to for me. How dare they not be supervising you better? The amount of people I know like, oh yeah, I've had a few threesomes. I mean, you know, when you're 17, you're like, when you're what? When no. you're
0: what? <laughs> how do you even know what your own bits are doing at yeah, that age, I, let alone two other people at once?
1: Yeah, like I barely knew how to locate a vagina at 17, let alone two vaginas that were like, let's mush these together and see what could happen. The whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'd, so I think that cheating is probably, if it well, if I ever do, it will be later down the line when I'm, When having an actual relationship is less exciting. It's true. You know, like, it just is so cool and exciting if you've got somebody who loves you and Mm. wants you. And that's awesome.
1: It is totally very exciting.
0: If you, like, if you want to do the kind of open... I think I'm pro-open relationships, if that's what you want to do.
1: That's always interesting, because, like, I have a girlfriend currently, and I've never really understood the whole open relationship thing when, if you think... You know, I guess I've never been in the situation. My whole thing with it is like if you want an open relationship, like it sort of splits the two sort of like halves of like what is that that's sort of like you just have your best friend. You know what I mean? it's like relationship part of it is like it's the person that you really care about and you and you have sex with them and you have that intimacy that only the two of you share. Then the open relationship I don't know, it's just something I've never really experienced. And
0: yeah, also, I think maybe... I uh, yeah I don't know I like I said i I've, I've not I'm not at that stage yet maybe no, no. Of, of, of it being a proper option on the table, just because I'm behind the eight ball maybe I don't know, psychologically, but I think for some people it really works.
1: That's true. I was talking to a gay gentleman who and he's married, and he is the like the first gay guy in about ten years I've met who is married. And their relationship is not an open relationship, and it shocked the shit out of me. Huh? Yeah. They love an open relationship in that community. Just
0: well, you don't have to worry about the cuckolding risk of having a baby, having to look after a baby that's not your own. I think the sexual jealousy part of that is really intense for guys. Interesting. Who I'm... are with women? Because there's a prospect, like viscerally, even if you're using contraception, there's the prospect that she's, if she has sex with another man. It's really disturbing to you because, like, on some weird subliminal level, you're like.
1: Let me show you just my hopefulness. I would just hope that, like, if I was with someone in that situation, and I like were to discover, like, she were to get pregnant, like, you'd at least be able to keep track, and it's like, like there is science, you like figure it out, and just be like, oh, you're not a uh, my kid. I think
0: this is in the in the like. In the past, sub yeah. science part of your brain. Oh, yeah,
1: no, completely. I just get very weirdly logical with things from an abstract perspective. Where I'm like, yes, but if you look at it logically, chaps, it's, you, just, you just get a paternity test and you figure it out, and you're not a dad, so you can go back to sleeping in as late as you want to. And, you know what I'm saying?
0: So, if your girlfriend, mm. hypothetically, had a kid and it wasn't yours, would you feel no responsibility towards it? Or would it be, like, would it just be the deal breaker of the relationship kind of thing?
1: It depends on the situation. I think, like, currently where we stand, it would definitely be a deal breaker. It would be like, well, you cheated on me, and you didn't use contraception, which is very dangerous, and put my life at risk, as well as your life. And also, like, there is a baby that isn't mine and would represent your betrayal, and I feel that you're in a situation (laughs) where you need to find the person that is genetically linked to this child and sort out that situation. I'm gonna step aside, and and go on a tear.
0: Ah yes, yeah. I have this is interesting. I have a friend who, um, is is in a kind of a she's in a complicated artistic thing where, there's like, traveling and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. And there's yeah. a guy, who she's in love with, who seems to be in love with her. Oh, interesting. And he keeps saying, "Let's make this into a real thing. Mm. Let's commit to one another." And she says, "Okay, well." Maybe when I come back.
1: Oh, and from then travel. he goes
0: on a tear. Uh, and so when she comes back, he's either with someone or, and she feels from her side of the picture that it is uh, a betrayal of sorts. That's
1: a very interesting one. That if he one. loved
0: her, right? then he would wait. But I was talking... I, was, I think that's not the way men necessarily
1: work well a comprom- there's a compartmentalization I think of like I have feelings for you but you are here therefore I will do other things yeah in the interim it's also one of those things where but it's also the level of seriousness I think you take it to like if you come back and you say to someone like I have intense feelings for you and then that, you know that person's coming back in six months for you to hop into another relationship and knowing that they're going to return that's a little bizarre. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you like happen to be in a situation where, you know, get your you know, get your freak on one time or a few times or something like that. But like you be open and have an understanding and stuff like that. Like I think that that's what it always comes down to, especially from the human male, is that we're especially straight straight guys just have this lack of ability to communicate because I think a lot of people think they still have that like sitcom brain of like like women are on this pedestal and are like delicate flowers that don't really want to be subjected to our penises as opposed to like just treat it on an equal level and actually just communicate what's going on. And usually people are very susceptible. And if they're not, well then that's not the person who should be in your life if you have feelings for someone else who is returning. And yeah, if
0: you can only address issues in Morse code, it's a that's a stressful relationship if you have to...
1: Oh, completely. And it's also one of those things where it's also... Like we live weird circus gypsy lives. Like... Sort of in the brief time we've sort of chatted, like, you've been, like, around the world... Yeah. A bunch of times, like, I've been in, like, since the beginning of the year, I've been in, like, five countries. Like, it's ins- it's an, an insane way to live your life, so you also have to have understanding people and understand, also, your life isn't going to be a traditional, like, you get on a train after work at five... Yeah. Have, like, a, a sneaky beer you keep in your briefcase, walk in the door at 5.45, dinner's there... Yeah. Uh, yeah it's not nice be, you know what I mean like I think it's also yeah, bad yeah I can't
0: I've tried that it didn't suit me yeah um, no
1: I'm not that I always knew I was not like I just saw how little my parents enjoyed it but mm. I was just always like and that they've now both moved on to like jobs they really like where I'm like guys you could have just done this the whole time and I think we all would have been a lot happier
0: you need to see my show uh, would. With- I mean, you don't need to see my show. My show is about why I quit being a corporate lawyer, so...
1: You are a corporate lawyer? Yeah. What are we talking about love? Let's talk about being a corporate... I'm fascinated by real jobs, by the way. Because <laughs> I've never had a real job. Like, I was either a waiter, a bartender, or a comedian. Um, a couple of questions I have about a corporate lawyer. So, were you in the courtroom?
0: No. I was a, not a barrister. I was a solicitor in a large firm.
1: That was, like, like Dewey, Cheatham, and McGillicuddy, something like that?
0: Something like that. Oh, wow. It was it was not it was a top tier firm, so there were about nine hundred lawyers in the firm.
1: Do you know how actually well set up you are to be in show business if you were a lawyer? Because you my biggest complaint of every fucking clown I encounter is not one of them has ever sat down and gone over a budget or like looked at a contract that they've had to sign, and it's absolutely insane. Like I was talking to a friend of mine who just signed with an agency, like a very major, prestigious agency somewhere in the world and he, it was a thick contract because I've seen an agency contract yeah. and he didn't read one page of it I was like are you fucking insane yeah. you don't know what you just signed over for I was
0: just talking to a friend of mine who had a deal with someone who she was doing a show with she said I can't afford to go and do this show the person who was the running the show or the driver behind the show said okay I'll put you up and you, you know pay for your you accommodation know. and I'll, I'll bankroll this and take what i've paid out of the profits of yeah, the yeah, show yeah. the show made a loss they hadn't discussed what would happen if the show made a loss oh! that is not a difficult thing to conceptualize that's not like on the on the chain of possible things that could go wrong like you want to deal with things like what happens if you get sick what happens if you know like it's the, it's the first thing is it's like it's literally what? the
1: most important thing and it's the reason why you have contracts and you have an agent and, a, and agents and managers that they are understanding that. But you as the professional, if you think of it like my friend Graham Kay, give him a little shout out, always described being a stand-up comedian as being the CEO of a really shitty corporation. Like you are still... Those are your number two and number three people that are under you that are your bulldogs. But you're the one answerable. Like
0: Yeah, the person who gets a producer and then thinks they don't have to fly oh. or do any of the work... If you think everyone... If everyone has a producer, and then the people who don't have a producer do the work that a producer would do, there's no advantage to having a producer. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean? Other than that you're a bit more relaxed.
1: Completely. And it's also one of those things where it's also what's your deal with that producer? How long does that deal last? Like, the situation I have at the festival we're in right now is I'm being produced, but I'm on a salary, essentially. So I have to do... And I'm I'm not... Like, the the they, the, they encourage us not to fly or for... Because that's another way a producer might do it, but if a producer's encouraging that, look at that producer's track record. All right, what has this producer done? Oh, they've done very well with that model. Well, I'm going to believe them in this market. Oh, it fucking drives me up the fucking wall, the amount of people that just don't consider those things. It's like 20 minutes out of your very not-busy day.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm doing this panel show at the moment, Mm. and I did it kind of stepping into the shoes of somebody who dropped out of it, uh, and they said would you like to do the panel show and i said yes i'd like to do the panel show they said well how are we going to do this and i said i would like a minimum amount that i get paid per show yeah and if the show makes a profit then i will take a cut of the profit if the cut is bigger than my minimum
1: amount um, um, yeah yeah yeah
0: and that's not a complicated contract
1: no and, and you
0: don't have to have a complicated contract i sent an email to her after we had had, <clears> had that <throat> conversation she said yes that's what we agreed that's a binding contract
1: it's cuz it's In paper, in writing, boom, boom. Yeah,
0: we have an agreement. There's, there's been consideration has passed. We have a deal. This is a deal. This would hold up in court. I know that. Yeah. Who who doesn't know that?
1: So many people. It. You don't even like. It's little things like that. Little things like marketing, brand things, in terms of like, like consistency, what you're presenting, how you're presenting it. Certain little things like that, that. it sounds really crazy, but it's one of those things where it's like, if you want... You're doing a family show. Mm. Don't do it necessarily in a bar or a nightclub because that's not where a family would want to go. Do it in a tent. Yeah. Because a family... Like, I've never had children. I've had a few partners who had... Hello. Hey. Call back. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's Those little <laughs> considerations, those little ideas of like, that's going to help a little bit more. Don't just say yes because someone's offered it to you.
0: Yeah. That but, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing on everything on every level like I didn't realise that I mean for a long time I didn't realise that just because someone offers you something oh,
1: it's, the, like, it's
0: the low self esteem thing you're like oh my god they want me this mm-hmm. is what I thought when the law firm offered me a spot Yeah, I thought oh my god they want me everyone wants this job okay I'm going to do a really good job at the interview I nailed the interview not once did I ask them a question other than the kind of question that I thought would reflect well on me and make them want me.
1: And one of those questions you know that in an interview, because I, I underst- as I understand it, like, you are sort of like taught how to do an interview to get a job in a law firm. Yeah. 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 I mean,
0: or, or you, you, you're not taught necessarily, but you learn from hearing other people's stories, and part of what you want to do is present yourself in a good way. So when they ask you if you want to ask any questions, you think, what question can I ask that will make me look good to them? Not... What do I need to know
1: about this law firm
0: to find out if I'm going to like it here? Mm-hmm. The need for them to like you is like, is the, is the short skirt and high heels of, you, you, that is a completely undirected thing. You're not questioning whether you want them. You're just saying, I need to have them want me.
1: Well, totally. And I think that's also something that comes with like age and stuff like that. If you understand sort of, you get more and more, I think you go one or two ways. You get more and more secure in your skin, or you spend a lot of your twenties and chasing who you're supposed to be. Like I don't. I always have like, I have a few friends that like every time I see them, it's like a different girlfriend, different apartment, different like goal style. uh, Like it's just all that sort of stuff, and it's just sort of like it's just like that must be very fucking draining at times. Of like this is how you're gonna live your life. Like you're just gonna be like, just do like yeah exactly. Do what makes you feel good. Or at least with something that's intriguing and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. we're also in a you know rarefied nice era. We're both at a festival, and it's like, and the energy around these times are always really like buoy and creative and interesting. Like what do you what? buoyed by like creative. Oh buoyed. And buoyed by like that whole energy oh, of like. Sorry, that's an. Another... There's people on the street and it's wrapping up, and then we're both going to like Melbourne afterwards. So the like you know. The excuse of not getting up before 11 gets to continue for another month before we then have to go <laughs> get ready for...
0: I'm t- I wake up too early. I'm not good at it. I know. I yeah. can take naps, so, so that's okay.
1: That's fine. Yeah, I'm a, a bit of a napper myself. It's actually... This podcast is cutting into my nap time. Oh,
0: I'm so that's sorry. I mean, I'm so sorry. I
1: slept later. Um, it's okay.
0: You're putting me to sleep right now. Oh, <laughs> come
1: on! I keep thinking, shouldn't we be funnier? But... No this,
0: is, no, this is not, um, I, I hoped that when I, when I started this podcast, I was like, oh, maybe it will be funny. Maybe I'll, rev-. I'm not actually a very funny person unless I'm <laughs> working, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I don't see, if I'm not getting paid, why should I be funny?
1: Goddamn right.
0: These people can pay me if they want me to be funny. Do you
1: have a, do you do that thing that every podcast does at the beginning, even on my podcast, which you can find at com? It's updated rarely <laughs> because I do it live most of the time and it's hard to find a venue.
0: Should uh, check out the producers. I know there's been some shows pulled.
1: I should. It's a whole thing. We can talk about it off mic about why that might be an issue. But uh, oh yes,
0: your contract.
1: Contract. Yeah, one of those things. Contracted. I can only appear. Talk about it on mic. uh, We'll talk about it on mic. So the contract I have going back is I can only appear at certain shows because of the visa I have with the Australian government and how the producers structure the show. And at first I didn't think I agreed, and now looking at how these festivals are structured, I completely agree. I well, think they're actually very smart.
0: You are part of their um, bill of wares. You are yeah. a product. And as in any market, if you're doing a bunch of free shows that are not of pr- prestige, that reflects badly on their brand. Completely. Or it can be seen to reflect mm-hmm. badly on their brand. And if somebody looks at the poster and goes, oh, I saw him at this late night show that, with four people in it, why would I see him again? That's their money that is affected by that.
1: Completely true. And it's just one of those things where I just don't think about, because I just come at it from the selfish, well, I do well, so I'll do well everywhere. So then more people want to see me 40 times. And it's like, no, fuck face. Like, not everyone is like a comedy, like aficionado, like wants to run around to 11 shows. Like they're going to like, Yeah,
0: they're like, I can go out on Thursday night. Yeah. What will I see? I will
1: see two shows. I hope neither one of them will be offensive to me. Or to my girlfriend, so we don't get into an argument in the car, because it was my idea going to these things. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's that sort of stuff. But yeah. I have no idea what we are talking about.
0: We're talking about contracts, and before that we were talking about... Oh yeah, about you were
1: a corporate lawyer, so let me just get this straight. So you <laughs> went this to Cambridge... The interesting thing it, about is not, it is It is not... I doubt that's true. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you went to Cambridge for English literature, and then law school? Or in no, between No, so law? I did...
0: Uh, in Sydney... Uh, you can't do straight law straight out of school you can't do law alone straight out of school. It's part okay. of what they think of they think if you become a lawyer it's important for you to have either life experience or uh some breadth of knowledge mm. I think is the premise so I did what's called arts law mm-hmm. um, at Sydney University, which is you know again I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't been told that it was a thing
1: yeah interesting and I
0: got the marks all I really wanted to do was arts all I wanted to do was English all, all, I, all I wanted to be was a writer yeah but I got the marks and my brother was doing it and my dad said it's a good idea I mean if you're going to do an arts degree you might as well get the law as well because what what's the law, yeah, what's yeah, the yeah. Loss? A typical
1: sort of parent thing of like well what's the worst that could happen yeah you could be an artist or you could be a lawyer yeah yeah
0: not do I want to be a lawyer would I be good at being a lawyer
1: Although an artist lawyer, in that a lawyer specifically for artists, would be terrible actually, yeah, I' really talking no, about it's, it's just terrible.
0: Too... It's complicated. We, we, we had an agreement that happened at three o'clock in the morning oh, when we God. were making out, and I think it's binding.
1: Contractually speaking, I blew a guy. Does that mean that I, <laughs> I, get, to, I get to go to Edinburgh? Well, it was
0: on a casting couch. I think that's binding.:
1: I've always wondered if those casting couches really exist because I've talked to some actresses or mm. lady actors. Which I always think sounds worse when you say Yeah, it's more she's patronizing. A, she's a woman actor, but are... I, I
0: prefer to call them vejectors.
1: Yes, Vijactors. I'm talking to as I call them lesser actors because they're ladies. <laughs> uh, I was talking to some lesser actors, and none of them have ever had like that casting casting couch experience. But they have had like weird comments about their body from casting people. So I always wondered if that casting couches. I true.
0: have always thought of the casting couch idea as a weird one because. Like sleeping your way up the ladder doesn't make sense to me. Surely, because if you have if you have sex with one person in order to get a benefit from them, but then you have to sleep with someone who's above them, hmm. then you have to reject the previous person, potentially creating an enemy.
1: Yeah, I think that's actually what does happen or has happened in the past. There are some. Like fan- it seems like
0: a quite a short-sighted.
1: That's true. Or you just do it one time. You just pick your one guy who can kick the door open. The like, king. Yeah, exactly. You, you kick the king. There's like famous, rumored like people that slept their way, somewhat to the top and stuff like that. I, again, I'm not gonna say just because I don't want to spread those like weird rumors. And one of the people isn't famous. It's just someone I know. Someone
0: who slept their way to the middle. <laughs>
1: exactly. People sleep their way to the middle, and it's also like one of those things where, I also think in that situation that speaks less of the person who has the power, than it does the person who's used that opportunity to be like, all right, well, I have something to offer. I'll give this a try. As opposed to this scumbag who's like, I'm going to abuse my power and try and like.
0: Yeah. See, I just don't know. I I think that there is for girls still, there's kind of a Madonna whore Mm. dichotomy. And in this industry, particularly there, I mean, there's a lot of relatively let's, say, relatively immature guys. What? What? Yeah, sorry. No, that's minute. not fair. That's not
1: fair. At a, at a comic... <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked that you would say that, you know, 22-year-olds to 37-year-olds who get, like, their names on posters and suddenly just lose their fucking bananas. <laughs> oh, my God. The Enver Festival is the best example because there are guys that literally, like, two years previous were in... University, not really that well known now they're stars for a month and they they go on a tear that would Caligula would be just their behavior not even like what they're doing with their penises, but just sort of the way they speak to girls
0: yeah this sense of yeah
1: uh, a friend of mine was just sort of like a friend of mine overheard a comedian say to a lady just was like. Do you know who I am? And showed her a flyer with five stars, and he went five star review. Let's Mm -hmm. get out of here. And she was like, "No." And he was like, "All right." Like it's like bananas, (laughs) fucking bananas behavior. I'm gonna
0: try that. (laughs) Should
1: just just cruise the Rhino with your reviews. I've laid Avatar since five stars. (laughs) They were talking about my yabos, by the way, and give him one of these, and then just walk away.
0: Oh God. Yeah, I'm h i am hear I'm in contention for best newcomer.
1: <laughs> what on the street is I Maybe be on the long list.
0: <laughs> I'm technically eligible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, it's a technic- it's a uh, it's a long shot for me to get it, but it still might have you. No, know, it's not a long shot. You and me. You and Chico. me Chico yeah. I don't know why you're talking calling this man Chico. He's Latin. Um <laughs> Carl Donnelly, who I'm doing the show with, give him plug, mm. um, gave me this advice two years ago, which is you just don't look at any of that. You look I, d- at, you I look don't at ask. it at the end.
0: Yeah. I don't ask because, and I don't look at reviews. <laughs> Although I did have an interesting thing where I told my producer not to send me any uh, reviews unless they're more than four stars. And then in the course of like looking over Twitter, I saw that there was a review for me, but she hadn't sent it to me yet. And I thought, oh my God, it's not four stars. Like, you know what I mean? I yeah. just thought, oh, it's a bad review. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. And brought on myself all of the stress.
1: Of not looking at the reviews. Of not looking
0: at the review. But but then she woke up and sent it to me. She just slept in. Um,
1: But that's the other thing is you also can't look at Twitter for the link. Yeah, you just can't
0: look at anything ever at all. Just keep your head in a bucket.
1: Like in Ember, I literally deleted all of it off my computer. And I (gasps) gave my passwords to my producers and told them to change it.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: it's like, and one time I got tempted to they And
0: then they just tweeted dick pics for a month. Did a
1: lot of cock pics, a lot of weird... Just like trying to recruit lady boys to come by my flat. <laughs> um, but yeah, stuff like that. Like, So you're just not aware of it. And then you live in this sort of rarefied air of like, who the fuck knows. The one thing is you just gotta, also got to keep the room really dark. Yeah. Which is weird. And something I would do, which is I would enter in a blackout and then leave in a blackout. Which gave oh, the whole show... I'm in- the
0: opposite. I sit on stage while people walk in and I shake their hands <sighs> as fuck they leave. no. Yeah, and then this woman, did I tell you this woman, what she said to me? I use it as the opener of my show now. She came and like you hugged did, me. You did tell me, to yeah. tell them. Hugged me, shook my hand, tears in her eyes, said, oh my god, that was amazing. That was so beautiful and good. It wasn't comedy, though, was it? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> but comedy is what you, just to say what? It. But like whatever we, one makes it, you know what I'm saying?
0: I mean, it is a pretty miserable show, but...
1: But do people laugh?
0: Yes, they laugh. It's a funny show. It's just and for the sounds of
1: it, you, you've gotten a couple of five stars. So I think yeah. you're, you're I think v- their opinion is better than
0: oh man, I that ladies. Do you? I mean, you're in big audiences now, so you have less risk of weird audience dynamics. I imagine you would think
1: that, but no, we get some. We've had some weird audience dynamics. It's also one of those things where the sh- the show is really interesting, but it's also one of those things where it's not. And I really commend the producers, Mary Tobin, for not doing three. Down the barrel, observational like, in the suit, shiny shoes. Like, have you ever noticed that grass is green? (laughs) Like, it's, you know, it's like I'm up there talking about being born premature and thinking I have AIDS, and Carl's talking about having to deliver jizz to a hospital, and Chris is talking about (laughs) bringing a chicken in a bag to a nightclub. So it's not, it's it's really, it's a funny, really cool show, but it's also one of those things where you occasionally will get, it's actually younger people, which is a continuing, interesting trend. Of kind of looking at us a little cockeyed or wanting us to kind of be like.
0: Be up their alley more. Yeah, be
1: either filth merch. Not even filth merch, but just sort of be observational. Like, not don't be in the way, just do sort of simple stuff, which is very interesting. It's I think there's. Zoom feed us. Yeah, there's a weird generation coming up. Because I don't know how old are you, do you mind me asking? Um. <laughs> Wait, so you were a corporate lawyer and you went to Cambridge and you're on 20. Do you know how little I've done in my 20s compared to you? I had. Um, Brief rotation with cocaine. <laughs> I lived with a lady for a bit. Did a lot of stand up. Uh, dated a girl who lived in her car.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, I'd live in a car if I could have a shower.
1: Yeah, she would shower at my place. I lived uh, in a shed for a while. I would love to live in a shed. It's That's really been my bad. dream since like, a kid.
0: I renovated it. Yeah. It was so good. It was right on Bondi Beach, but it was like $150 a week, which is incredibly cheap.
1: To live on a beach?
0: Yeah. The beach in Sydney, like I was out the back of a house where there were people sharing rooms for two hundred dollars a week each. Yeah, and I had this.
1: Did you have any sort of facilities, or were you? Yes,
0: I had. There was an outdoor shower. There was also I had access to the house, which had an indoor shower. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's summer and I renovated the place like because it was such a shithole it was like bare concrete walls damp horrible I just stripped it out and I put a dehumidifier in and then I like mould treated it and then I put a floor in and then I like built some shelves and it was just such so much fun what happened to that shed? the whole house got demolished about uh, Melbourne last year and then so I moved out just before Melbourne because I knew it was going to get demolished and then mum got diagnosed with cancer so I moved back with my parents
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: uh and then mom died in October. I stuck around with my twin brother to look after dad for a couple of months, mm. and then I've come on this Adventure. London, Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, Canberra, right. Sydney, possibly Edinburgh thing. So I don't actually have a home. I live out of my car. I don't have a car. I don't even have a car.
1: You can get one. I'm
0: worse than this girl you that I have nothing.
1: Uh, I'm just trying to think of other things I do. Are you marketers. offering me a car? I don't have a car. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what I can offer you. I can offer you. I got another. I got a friend who has a skateboard. You can't live in a skateboard. I
0: can't live in a skateboard. I was mostly just
1: thinking about how I want to live in a shed.
0: It's amazing. It was so good. And it, part of the fun of it for me was building it. Oh. Like I love that. Like making things and power tools and like.
1: There's literally something about. I don't know if you've seen the Lethal Weapon movies, but yes, Mel Gibson. I love
0: the Lethal Weapon
1: movies. Mel Gibson lives in a trailer. Yes. On the beach. That is literal. He is a dog, and that's all I ever like. He literally just he just walks around, watches the three stooges, and murders people. I don't really mean the murder. Not that's your goal. the other goal, thing. Goal, isn't just I? like even because I was at Henley. Well, you
0: would have to say that, wouldn't you? Man, you would. If you're gonna get away with it. Oh, I don't want to murder everyone. Or do I? Or do,
1: but like or even don't being I? At, at Henley today, I was like, "What oh, the fuck doesn't everyone in Adelaide live here?" Like.
0: This is the amazing thing about Australia. I mean, you look at poor and homeless people in America or poor and homeless people in the UK. I mean, here, if you have almost nothing, if you're on the dole or if you Mm. work a minimum wage job, you can live at the beach and surf every day.
1: I would... And eat food
0: and be alive.
1: Because there's something about the ocean... I have no scientific fact of this, but you feel better.
0: It's called negative ions. I don't know if it's a real thing, but the theory is that the motion of water breaks up uh, these kind of ions, and it gives you a feeling of well-being. They sell negative ion producers for this very reason, and they also prescribe ocean swimming for complicated grief.
1: Really? Mm. What's complicated grief?
0: It's It's like where your grief is not manageable or normal, oh. goes on for too long or is mixed up with other emotions. And
1: so that you haven't gone through the the seven stages.
0: Yeah, so often it will be associated with a kind of an OCD loop where if you, you're sad but you also hated mm. your dad or something. If oh, your dad, like, fuck. And so then you kind of go into a loop of when you're sad or when you're angry and then you're angry at yourself for being sad because you shouldn't be sad. Like, it's one of those ones where...
1: It's, There's 30 layers of fucking... Yeah, it's complicated. Oh, it's, so you know, compl- it's not literally just Literally, it's complicated grief.
0: I'm quite pleased that I have very simple grief. I'm just sad. Yeah. And, and then um, I only have one thing that's like like a trauma thing. Mm. And other than that, I'm just... Oh, I am sad. I know I'm sad.
1: Yeah. Let's, Let's, let cont- be sad. Let's be sad. Let's be sad. Let's be sad. No, I had... 2013, mm-hmm. I just had a lot of, lot of death in my life and it was I literally sat down and it's I was all those murders a lot of murdering just um, like really, it, it it's a
0: complicated grief killing someone and then feeling sad
1: I wonder if yeah I guess see, there is a lot of regret with murderers
0: sorry I just uh, made so li- made light of your uh, sad 2013 the ironic
1: is one of the people was actually murdered and oh uh, god <laughs> it's fine you didn't it's kill them it's not fine but, um, but um, and one of the weird things is that idea of like going and monitoring because it was someone that was very close with my mum and so I had to sort of keep an eye because I was living in England but my mom was in Canada I was there for the month and it was one of those weird things of actually like if you really focus on watching someone grieve that like seven stages of like anger, bargaining, depress. like I can't remember what the order is but one of them is anger, bargaining, blah, blah, blah. It, you actually do do it. it just naturally. like I, And you watch it and then it just comes to acceptance after a long time and you're never really... But the one the I don't think you're ever really at peace with it. Like...
0: Yeah, I think it it is always gone. There's always it's like an amputation. It's not coming back. Whatever that part of you was, that was the part of you that was mm-hmm. full of their presence in your life. That yeah, 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 goes yeah. and is gone forever. And it doesn't. I don't think it fills in or gets.
1: No, completely not. I think. But it,
0: it's not raw anymore.
1: Yeah, and it's also one of those things where you know. Yeah, it's a scar as opposed to a scab. You know, like you.
0: But I never, I mean, I had acceptance right at the beginning because my mum was sick slash potentially dying my whole oh, boy. teenagehood. And, and so that was always on the cards. It was always maybe now, maybe this time she goes into the hospital and she won't come out, maybe this time. And we were there when she died. So I, I'm probably going to cut this out, but I, I, I had her arm in my hand so I actually mm. felt her heart stop.
1: Stop, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: can't not accept that That's a very good point <laughs> you can't not'
1: you yeah, can't I've never been in the bargain
0: area. with that that is very
1: well, it's final there's a moment of there's a moment of there's a presence and there's a person that's within that body and then there's a moment when that's just a body
0: Yeah well yeah it's, and it the goes, person it's is almost gone. like it, it goes from being a body to not being a body to just being a thing yeah shaped like a body and that you've, if you, 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 can't, um, you can't pretend that that's not happening.
1: It was something very interesting, it's a famous family story, which is when my grandfather died. He had a heart attack next to my grandmother while he was, they were sleeping. They came, and he died somewhere between the, them getting him out of the house into the, hosp, into the ambulance, going to the hospital. My grandmother was f- couldn't get into the ambulance because they just had to go, so she followed behind in a fire truck. In Canada, if you have a heart attack, they bring a fire truck because they, have, they can have the paddles there remotely. They get to the hospital and the doctor says, Would you like to go in and see him? And she walked in and he was already dead. And her point, that she then raged at the doctor and then told us the story over and over again because he went well, I thought you'd want to say goodbye. And she's like, No, I've said I'll say goodbye to him. He's out here now. Yeah. That's not that's not him. That's yeah. not the that the thing that you liked about the person, the essence is gone. And I always thought that's a very interesting sort of point of like And it's always where I always struggle with like religion and spirituality and stuff like that. Because when people like do that final like, no, you're just, there's nothing. It's like, well, there's got, there's, there is something. There's some things you cannot explain with science. And also science is just as kooky as religion at times. Like phrenology was fact until they realized that black people were more prone to petty crime because of their elongated skulls.
0: Science is science. Thalidomide kids were science complete like, science yeah it was you can't I'm not I'm no anti-vaxxer but like you gotta you gotta bear in mind that science is as much a, a matter of faith than completely and anything as but the, I mean this is an interesting thing my granny who died in 2012 um my grandmother was a holocaust survivor mm. And as she got older... And Wait, her you're f- Jewish? I'm out of here. <laughs> no. Uh, not technically, my dad's side, so I didn't... I'll stay that. <laughs> I'm half, I'm a ha- I'm half-y. enough to get offended by Jew jokes, I guess. Um, but, but she... How do you feel about that last one? Oh, so offended, I'm going to stab you to death <sighs> on the way out. <laughs> no, that was fine. Uh, ironic racism is fine.
1: Ironic um, racism is, I think... I think The it's least my Is I think it's my favourite type of racism. Okay. Right next to actual racism.
0: <laughs> right next to actual... No, I quite like old man racism. Oh. Or the kind of just very self-assured racism of someone who's been... Like, who's like an orientalist. Who's been to some place and are like, oh yes, they're like that.
1: I... This is a weird thing that I was pointing That's my, favorite kind. my I think my favourite racist is like a black... Or an Asian racist?
0: Oh, yeah, because you can't... Yeah. I a, mean, so racist.
1: Oh, my God. So... Like, i friend <laughs> of mine is Malaysian, and her father would call... I don't know what the Malaysian is for, like, essentially white devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he would call me that white devil you live with, to my face. Yeah. And she would just be like, Dad, could you not? And I would just be like, whatever. And he he just wouldn't speak to me and wouldn't address it. And i like, this is a am- You are so... Just entrenched. Black Racism. racists are my favorite, though. Just
0: black racists. Cool. Racist against...
1: White people. You'll get a lot of black racists. Old black men, justifiably, yeah. are very against white people. And oh, you know yeah. what? I can understand their point. I, can, I get
0: that. I get that. I, I do. I get, I don't know. But my granny didn't understand death as anything other than a horrifying injustice. So, she obviously, her whole family was killed... Uh, All of her friends were killed. So when she got old and her friends started dying of being old...
1: It was a complete contradiction to what she... She just
0: would always be, like, outraged. What did they do to them? What happened? Were they poisoned? Were they... Like, she couldn't understand that they were just old because she didn't know anyone who was older than her when she came out to Australia. She was, like, late teens, early 20s. All of her friends were her age or slightly older, but, like, she didn't make friends with people her parents age and why would you so she just didn't understand even as she was getting closer to death herself she didn't understand it as anything other than something horrifying perpetrated on somebody else fascinating yeah
1: fucking holocaust um it's just that's so that's such an interesting perspective on it and it's also that amazing thing of never letting that go oh never such a formative thing. She
0: was she was 14 when mm-hmm. they came in and arrested her French teacher for being a Jewish activist. And 16 when they killed her family.
1: Oh my god.
0: So she was, like, although she was my grandmother, she was that age in a way. Like, she was stuck at that age in many ways.
1: Of course. And it's one of those things. It's also why the entire world is still, as much as Angela Merkel, very good politician and what the Germans have done for green energy is commendable... But I, quite frankly, I still a little bit of me is still like Ugh, the Nazis, though. Like you know, what I, mean? I cannot let, like it's one of those yeah. things. That generally, generationally, especially for Canada, which like is so will bang on about World War One and World, World War Two, especially because that's when we were like actually a military fighting force. And,
0: and you acquitted yourselves incredibly well at the yeah, Verdun and the Somme and all that and the, stuff. And all right? this sort
1: of stuff. And there's all these talks of military prowess, and it's it's so part of it that and we go over it and there's you know we helped establish israel which is a murky kettle of fish and also
0: oh yeah how how quickly can you lose the moral high ground
1: oh my god it's <laughs> fascinating and what's even more fascinating is that like what was that don't open more. Um, but it's also again israel it's a, there's a, it's a quagmire inside of a problem inside of 10,000 other problems oh yeah um side by the um I, what I also find interesting is that the Middle East never goes after uh, England, France, and Canada, <laughs> just America and Israel, even though those countries contributed equally to buying the land yeah. from Saudi Arabia, who hold it because the Palestinians were like a worker. The whole thing is just so fucked up. Yeah. Um, but going back and then...
0: I think it's because England and uh, Canada and, and so on are not sitting there eating a burger smugly while true. they talk about how it was the right decision to have made.
1: The, 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 the English like a, will do it pretty quietly like they sort of last year when there was the whole thing of the, when it all kicked off again mm. last summer the English media especially but there was a very much a sense of like it was a youth idea it's really a young rebellious idea to actually be like I don't think how Israel is behaving is appropriate like when I actually finally sat down and went alright what's with the West Bank what's happening oh they said they would leave but then they just didn't and now they're building on there because they they just don't care it's like Well, that's just in... You can't really defend that, can you guys? And it's like...
0: I mean, and you look at it... You look at it, what it was. It's a state that is built by... Incredibly traumatized people... Who are now gone, and it is now being run by people who are not traumatized in that way. They have the same fearful systems, but not the kind of hard-won compassion.
1: Completely, and also certain establishments of community, like they had the whole kibbutz system and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Which was, I think, very important to the infrastructure of the country, and now they all, all the computs have closed, so they also have this class of older people in the 50s and 60s that lived essentially a communist life that is never discussed by Americans. So how dare America ever support communism? Cause yeah, yeah. Lord knows communism gives you cancer and makes your kids have AIDS. Um and then they have sort of... that Hopefully the of has now been replaced by these people that lived all their life supporting the system that just one day just collapsed and now they don't know what to do with themselves.
0: My favorite story uh, of, of Israel and the West Bank stuff is that, you know, these young sort of 18-year-olds doing their national service are the ones mm. who are manning these checkpoints and treating Palestinians incredibly badly. Yeah. Just dehumanizing it. As if you give an 18-year-old...
1: A gun A
0: gun and enormous power over other people There'll be a proportion of them If not all of them, a significant proportion Who are going to f- fuck it around up. Yeah, And there's just these old ladies Old Jewish ladies Who go and they sit at the checkpoints And they just Be like I'll tell you, Mom. <laughs> like, that's, that's the very, most beautiful thing. It's
1: very stereotypical for me to say, and it's I'm not the most political correct thing, but I will always say, like, I have a big respect for... I was raised in a Jewish neighborhood, but there was something about a Jewish woman that it's like, I'm not going to fuck with this bad life. And you even see, like, I have a few friends that are, you know, my age were like raised Jewish and it comes out of them this sort of like but I ah, ah. and you're like yeah, you know what you're right I don't wanna <laughs> get hit in my soul somehow. Like yeah, that's so fast. They're actually at the checkpoints of Herschel.
0: Yeah, just this oh, I, come on. <laughs> let's let's
1: What's also never acknowledged is also it's very different types of Jews in Israel than there would be, say, in New York or North America to the Jews that there are in England
0: or Australia or in Australia
1: again I don't have experience with the community here but in England it's so much more quiet and then there's like thousands of Hasidic Jews that are sort of cloistered in their own sort of area doing whatever nonsense that crew gets up to they always are shopping late at night at the Sainsbury's by my flat in London <laughs> and it always confuses me <laughs> I literally I'm always wonder if it's part of some ritual that's just not discussed because they're always there You're late at night late at night
0: well, I mean, I think part of the thing is that they're living in, like, the clothing thing with the Hasids mm. is like, one day they decided. I mean, they moved with fashion through the ages. They're and not wearing in, what?
1: Well, no, they're wearing like,
0: BC stuff. They just at some point they decided. What well, I think it was the eighteen nineties. It was the eighteen nineties.
1: It's the. It was what the. And they're like.
0: This is what we wear now. It was whether or not it's weather appropriate. The
1: aristocracy of the Pol- of Poland were wearing. And that was what they attained to be, as they attained to be that high class, that particular tribe, and then that's what they've worn ever since. Ever
0: since, but is that—why designate that outfit as the outfit that you wear for all time? I don't know.
1: Once well, again, it's a segregation. It's also from it's a close community, and it's something that um, a few friends of mine. But I had a couple of long conversations because I just get fascinated by religion, and they are a huge bone of contention within the Jewish community because it's. The laws in the the Torah and the sort of communal laws is you blend in. We've survived for fucking a million years of fucking people trying to fucking kill us. Fucking put on a fucking pair of jeans, fuckface. Like, we are like, learn to adapt. Don't be walking around looking like a cowboy.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. It really is amazing what religion, how it branches off, where people stop. And where people move forward and where, like, on, on what they move forward, on what... Like, they'll shop at late night at Sainsbury's. Mm-hmm. But they won't wear a pair of pants.
1: Or they won't ever acknowledge a goy. <laughs> like, it's like... The thing is, is like, that uh, my neighbourhood is... It's very... It's, it, it's, it's, it, the kids are running around all the time and even the kids are taught, like, one kid was running into the road and I stopped him. And he had this, look like, anger because he's been told I'm a lesser person how dare I? And his mother, like, came up and grabbed with that face. Mothers get when their kids are about to do something really dangerous. Unaware. And that you could see she was, like, grateful, but confused with, like... This, How do I deal with this? With this badger. I helped a woman. Like, her her, um, her carriage pram was stuck between the bus and the road. And I just lifted it up and put it on. And, like, I, she almost went, went to say thank you, but it's against their rules. Yeah,
0: that's it's, awful. It's just... It's kind of what my new show is going to be about this like
1: oh, about that time i helped out a hasidic University. about that time
0: yeah the whole story it's an hour-long show <laughs> it's weird we've just only exploring. just became
1: friends and you're already delving deep into my interactions with the hasids
0: i think we've got about eight streams of, of conversation that are not closed yet um we can but leave them open we can leave them open and also because we're both going to be in melbourne we can do a sequel
1: we could totally do a sequel let's We'll go through this and we'll go... Because I want to hear more about you being a corporate lawyer.
0: <laughs> I want to um, hear more about your murder plans.
1: Murder plans. All right. Murder if, caravan okay, plans. Okay, so let's, let's close on this. You have, you have to murder one person in the world. And it has to make an impact. Who is it? How do you do it? Go.
0: I have to murder... One, murder one person, one person and it must
1: make an impact so in the world. it has to be a famous person. There's not necessarily famous but an impact in Do it have to
0: have a, a positive impact or am I just going for most impact? It doesn't matter. Because if it's most impact you go for something like blah, the Queen or uh, George Clooney or some sort of public figure. Interesting. Um, if I'm in terms of like retarding human growth if I want to have a negative impact you go Elon Musk because he's churning out a lot of ideas. Uh, He's i out a lot of ideas. If I'm going political impact...
1: Mm.
0: I don't know. There's, there's some fuckheads in Africa doing some shitty things. Oh, that's a lot
1: of
0: that. I'd have to pick that. But then again, it's quite a contained...
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would counterexample this to you. One person in the world who you have to give a night of immense pleasure and passion to and has to make an impact.
1: Vladimir Putin... Vladimir Putin.
0: You'd just lay him down and...
1: I would fuck... I'm not gay, but I would fuck the shit out of that guy. And then we would wake up in the morning and I'd go, Vladimir? Obviously, that is something you've been wanting to do for a long time because your entire life has been that of intense overprojection of manhood. Yes. Seeing as you were, you were raised by two parents of extreme conflict. One was an extreme communist. One was an extreme Russian Orthodox woman who, who hid that from her husband who she died next to, but are buried in two different places because she would be di- buried religious and he is a communist and doesn't believe in that. So you're literally pushed against all this. So you have no identity put into the KGB at 16. You you at least want to try some stuff. Like and it's also just one of those things where that videotape would be valuable to every single homosexual living in in Russia, Eastern, yeah, Russia and Eastern Europe at this point.
0: So if you had to seduce one person for maximum impact, it would be Vladimir Putin. Yeah,
1: it would just be. It would just be. It would be a, be a, an evening of of grossness, <laughs> but for the right reasons.
0: All the right reasons. All right. I I'll, would take I'll, both. I'll give him the call. I'll a red phone downstairs. Do you really? Stairs,
1: yeah. I would love to meet Vladimir Putin. I think it would be a fascinating and horrifying discussion. <laughs> it's literally a guy who's creating between like everyone's running around. ISIS is scary. Because ISIS is like the Nazis on nuclear power.
0: No, no, no. They're just straight out of the ninth century.
1: Yeah, they're... They're bar- just...
0: Again, again, like the Hasids, they don't see any reason why they shouldn't just pick a time mm-hmm. and act as though it were that time.
1: And they will continue... But what I find fascinating about ISIS is ISIS is going... It's the first time that sort of organization in modern history isn't attacking the West... Yeah. Which is... It's fascinating because there's not people. No, rep-
0: I don't know if that's
1: the... In, the, in, in, in this way. That we're
0: paying attention we're to We're
1: paying maybe, attention to it. But their target and what they're openly doing is they're moving... They're not moving like this way. Mm. They're going that way towards Saudi Arabia because they want to go take Mecca and redeclare
0: The caliphate.
1: The caliphate. Which I think will be their undoing because Saudi Arabia has a lot of money and part of the problem is that they just haven't come up against anyone who's just really to, willing to shoot them all you know what I'm saying like it's just, but it's also getting so scary the whole thing, it's been a very dark podcast it
0: has been but then uh, but it's been nice, it's been,
1: been fascinating it's been hopefully. good,
0: good chat alright, right. Uh, John Hastings, you have a website
1: johnhastings.com johnhastings.com, John Hastings is a oh. uh, real estate agent in Colorado who wouldn't let me buy the website from him
0: I'm Alice Comedy Fraser for the same reason. Oh, fucking out. Al- not Al- a real Al- estate agent.
1: But. Alice Fraser, but it, yeah, it's, that's a fucking belt Alice Fraser. Who's Alice Fraser? She's really?
0: she does fonts. She does graphic design of <sighs> fonts. Fuck.
1: She does need a website.
0: She does need a website. All right. Bye. Bye.